Welcome to Dave's Devos. I'm Dave Herman. I recommend that you have your Bible open to the passage we'll be reflecting on so that you can read along and make connections that may not be evident from listening alone. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the first psalm of 150 psalms in this biblical book. The psalms were not arranged chronologically, so this isn't the first psalm written. The final editors of the Hebrew canon placed it first to give it preeminence for it to serve as an interpretive key for the rest of the psalms. That means to understand what the righteous life looks like will help us to relate to the rest of the psalms, which give emotional expression to common experiences in the life of the righteous. Verses 1-2 to two. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Here the writer is using Hebrew parallelism to tell us what the psalm is about. Who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Parallelism repeats the same structure as the previous line to emphasize a point. Because the same concept is repeated three times in succession, we ought to pay special attention to this command. Also, the progression from walking to standing to sitting depicts a person who is first hearing, then considering, then assenting to the way of the wicked. The writer is essentially putting up three warning signs in a row. Stop. Beware. Do not enter. And that naturally leads us to ask how we can best avoid this fate. But, means in contrast, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The righteous person doesn't merely follow God's commands, but delights in them for their practical wisdom. The person who does this avoids the wicked, sinners, and scoffers. Verses 3-4 to four. He is like a tree, planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, in all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. The most flourishing fruit trees are those that receive the resources they need, sun, rich soil, and fresh water. As a result, they provide the nourishment of fruit exactly when they've been made to. The scriptures are replete with tree imagery, but I think two other passages are especially relevant here. In Genesis 2, 10-14, we're told that a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there split into four rivers. We come up short if we try to interpret this passage geographically, but seen metaphorically, we receive a beautiful description of the flourishing life. The four rivers may represent the four cardinal directions often expressed by biblical writers as the four corners of the earth. 
they water the Garden of Eden and make it lush, indicating that a flourishing life enriches the whole world. The passage also describes it as a land of rich minerals, suggesting that to live in this flourishing area is to have all your needs provided. Revelation 22 verses 1 to 2 also uses similar imagery from Psalm 1 and Genesis 2, telling us that the river of life that flows from the throne of God waters the tree of life, which always yields fruit and whose leaves heal the nations. These two passages from the first and last books of the Bible, Genesis and Revelation, with their tree and river symbolism, demonstrate that the righteous life is one rooted in nourishing conditions. Just as a tree in these conditions inevitably prospers, the righteous person who delights in understanding the word of God day and night inevitably prospers. When we hear the word prosperity, we often think of financial prosperity. As beings with material needs, finances are not unimportant. At the same time, the scriptures speak to a deeper prosperity we can enjoy regardless of our financial condition. The Apostle Paul, who taught the law as a career, wrote to the Philippians while he was in prison, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I because the wicked have no weight, no integrity, they cannot withstand any just evaluation. They hate being scrutinized. The wicked do not want to be questioned about their motives. They'll come up with an alternate value system that makes themselves among the most righteous. But when we're in a group of people who meditate on God's commands, we'll discover whether our life measures up. And since we all fall short here and there, we'll do best to continually meditate on the word and submit ourselves to those who do the same. The Apostle James describes the law as giving us freedom because it acts like a mirror revealing who we are. When the Lord knows the way of the righteous, God isn't just aware of it. There is an intimate personal familiarity. The righteous can enjoy friendship with God. They can be known by God. When someone knows us, they share special moments with each other because we enjoy each other's presence. We can actually get to know God personally by meditating on the word. Unlike the wicked who fade away in their own self-justification, the righteous have the opportunity to endure and flourish forever like a tree planted by the river of God. Brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul could endure the ups and downs of material need because he regularly enjoyed a prosperity that didn't depend on his material well-being. The elder John wrote to his friend Gaius, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. John here wishes his friend well in that which his soul already enjoys. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray that the Father's will be done, Quote, on earth as it is in heaven, unquote. Once we align ourselves with the hidden dimension of heaven, we can begin to experience heaven becoming a reality on earth. This is why the psalmist elsewhere pens, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. 
By meditating on the Word, we can enjoy a satisfaction on deeper foundations than material prosperity. In verse 4, the righteous are like a tree, but the wicked are like chaff. Chaff are the seed casings of wheat. They are inedible to humans. Unlike trees that are planted, the wind easily blows away chaff. Trees have weight. Chaff has virtually no weight. The Hebrew word for weight is also the word for glory. The righteous have glory. The wicked have none. Verses 5-6 to six. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. But delights in them for their practical wisdom. The person who does this avoids the wicked, sinners, and scoffers.